Hey guys, Paul Ruddy here. Welcome back to the Baseball Dad Show. If you've been around baseball for any period of time, you've been a part of a game, either as a fan, um, as a parent, as a player, or a coach, where there has been uh, some, let's call it, interaction with the umpire, right? Uh, we, we know that, uh, that one of the great things of baseball is kind of this underlying adversarial relationship between managers, coaches, and umpires, right? It's, it's, part, it's part of what makes the fabric of the game great. Um, but we've seen coaches go too far. Um, we've seen coaches uh, be disrespectful. We've seen coaches cross a line. Um, and we've seen coaches really just lose control and it end up costing them, you know, their jobs as coaches. Or, and we'll talk about later even more than that. Um, we've seen players just be rude and disrespectful to umpires. That's increasing as time goes on. We've heard parents and fans yell things out at umpires. Um, it is part of the game. But we also got to make sure, as much as it is a great part of the game, that we make sure that we can keep it um, to a level of civility that's um, not only just common courtesy, but also professional. And also that can lead to a lot of great things for your team and for your players. So um, before we get into that, head on over to baseballdadshow.com. We've got a ton of great stuff over there for you. We have our new course. It's called the Guardian Course. And it is the first course ever created for baseball dads that will help us raise our sons through this game of baseball to be the great men, husbands, fathers, and leaders of tomorrow. Um, you can get that there. There's also a score sheet you can download for free that will tell you if your son can play at the next level. There's a word-for-word -word cut and paste transcript that you can use to ask your son's coach for more playing time. And there's also an opportunity if you want to set up a, a time to talk with me, we can hop on the phone. We can talk about kind of whatever you want to talk about. You guys send in some great questions. And honestly, like, Typing out emails is not usually the best way for me to answer questions. I can just do a much better job if we talk for a few minutes. Um, so there's a link where you can set up a call there and there's no strings attached, just, just my way of saying thank you to this community um, and a way of just you know showing how, how grateful I am for this community. So head on over to baseballdadshow.com where you can link to everything I just mentioned. So you can't scroll through social media in the baseball world of social media um, and there's somebody that's not posting or reposting a video of a coach or a parent or a player getting into it with an umpire. Um, you know, it's part of the game. When things do cross the line and get out of hand and everybody's got their smartphones, it makes for good clips, right? It gets a lot of attention. Most famously, Mitch Williams. Uh, Mitch Williams was one of the best relief pitchers in baseball history. He was an analyst for I don't know, ESPN or MLB or one of those stations. And he was coaching a, his kid's team. And he lost control in an argument with an umpire. He went too far. He crossed the line. And he lost his job over it. Um, there's numerous stories. I get stories all the time of people that, um, you know, the cops have to come and break up, you know, what's going on. Or the cops have to come and just ask someone to leave the field. Or worse, you know, there's people that have been charged. We've read these stories, right, of people that just go too far. And so while the the, the that kind of like, fun adversarial relationship that exists between like the umpire and like everybody else that plays the game while it is fun and it is a, it is a good part of the game it, it definitely is a live wire that if that if if you touch it in the wrong way it can get out of control fast so how do we create an environment with our fans with our parents with the coaches with our players 
that we not only just have respect for our umpires, but we actually get the umpires kind of to work with us. So I'll tell you, I mean, if I had to swear on a stack of Bibles, I, I, I would kind of feel pretty confident swearing that teams that I've coached maybe got a few calls because me and my team were more respectful to the umpire than maybe another team was. Is that right or is that wrong? <laughs> I think that's kind of the way life is, right? I think anybody that is just more kind and respectful to people that have some kind of authority tend to get better treatment, right? If you get pulled over by a police officer and you are cooperative and you understand what you did wrong and you kind of admit to it and you've got your license and stuff ready, uh, they're easier on you than if you're like, I wasn't speeding, right? Or something like that. So it's just the way the world works. So how do we set up this environment? So number one, it starts at the top and it starts early at the top. So if you are the coach of a team, um, not only are you expected to be the example, but you are the model with which everyone in your organization will follow. The way you behave is the way your players will behave. The way you behave is the way your parents will behave. Now I can hear the interruption saying, but that's not true, Paul. Well, here's the second thing. They will behave the way you behave. And when they don't, they will behave based on what you tolerate. Simple as that. So let me break this down for you. And here's how I've coached a lot of coaches and leagues to set this up. So it starts at the top and it starts early. The coach has to have a meeting early on with the parents. Now, I know when this podcast is going out, the season is probably well underway for most people. Um, but early on in, uh, in your team meetings, you have to um, really set forth hard rules about how, coach, how, how coaches will interact with the umpires, how players will interact with the umpires, and how fans will interact with the umpires. So here, here's the thing with fans. It's, it's a very simple thing. Fans and parents, you don't interact with the umpires. You don't. Under no circumstance should a fan or should a parent interact with an umpire. And in teams that I've coached, it's it's, it's an automatic um, penalty for that. Now, you can decide the penalty. I know it's back in my day, like kids would come out of the game, the kid would be suspended, right? I get it's not that easy, but you have to have some kind of penalty. And so under no circumstance, the first parent who violates that, you got to make an example out of them. You just have to. It's like the first kid who shows up late for practice. You got to throw him out and send him home. Or else, because what you, you will get what you tolerate. And now, unfortunately, it's, it's hard to say, but unfortunately, yeah, like the kid may have to pay a little bit of the price for what the parents do. But in today's culture with these tournament teams, I mean, it, it really is a culture of everybody's involved in everything. Right, because you're traveling together, you're playing together, you're around each other all the time. So I look at it as one unit. So you, you might want to start with a penalty of reminding them of what they agreed upon if a parent does get out of line um, and then move it towards a penalty of like, hey, look, if that continues, number one, we're going to ask you to leave. We're going to ban you from games if it happens again. And I would make it a like first time you get a warning, second time. You know, so I used to have a, I used to work, I used to coach with a guy who said, man, you can either have the needle or you can have the gun. I'll give you the needle first. After I give you the needle, then you're going to get the gun, meaning I'll give you the medicine. And then, you know, so, um, I would, I would have that the first time you give him the needle, second time you're out. 
If you, if you speak to an umpire for the second time, you will not be permitted around the field. And, and that's that. And now if there's a ripple effect to that, you have to stay with it. You have to stay with it or else you're going to lose control of your team. So that's how, very simple. There's no parent or no fan interacts with the umpire in any way. And the first time um, they're warned, the second time they're banned or, you know, whatever, you work out your penalties. But make that very, 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 very clear. And the first person that violates, you got to make an example out of. Um, players. Players do not communicate to the umpire or with the umpire unless they first ask you to, right? So... Now, of course, there's a little bit of like in the moment type stuff I get, right? But no player has to address an umpire unless the coach gives him permission to address the umpire, right? So if you strike out and you don't think it was, it was, you don't, you don't think it was a strike, you don't turn around and start asking the umpire. You go to your coach and then your coach will decide if you can speak to the umpire or not. The coach should deal with the umpire. Simple as that. And this is a foolproof way of, of never having a kid getting thrown out of a game for mouthing off to an umpire. You don't speak to umpires. If it, and I'll talk about how to address an umpire if an umpire speaks to you. But in, in the teams that, that, that I, not all the teams I coach, but like later on, it was, if you have a department with the umpire, you bring that to me. I'm the coach. It's my job to manage what goes on in the field. And it's my job to manage the relationship between our team and the umpire. So you, a, co a player does not speak to an umpire. Um, if the umpire addresses the player, asks the player a question, he, he answers, yes, sir, no, sir, the highest level of respect, right? Um, on bad calls or missed calls, they don't, you don't, we don't shake our head or throw our hands up. We don't do any of that. We don't react to bad calls. And this is all said, talked about, agreed upon before the season starts. And the first kid that violates it, you have to make an example out of. And if that means you walk out to the mound and you pull a kid off the field because he threw a, a, a pitch he thought was strike three and it was ball four, and he goes, oh, come on, yank the kid out of the game. Yank him out of the game. You have to. It's as simple as that. Now, when communicating with an umpire, the way that I would communicate with an umpire is if my pitcher and my catcher came back and said, man, these are good pitches. And this guy, you know, he's blind back there. Here's how I would communicate. If I were the pitcher or if I were the, 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 co the coach, I would go up to the umpire in between innings. And in no way ever would I ever show up an umpire. Never, 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 never. Um, but if after the inning, let's say I was like, I don't know, heading out to coach third base or something, I might stop over to him and say, Hey, um, my guy seems to be missing the plate. Um, he's, you know, he's not throwing, where is he missing? Now, if I approach the umpire in that way and I say, Hey, where is my pitcher missing versus my kid says he's throwing strikes. Like, how are, are these not strikes? Are, are, like, they're right over the plate. They look good to me. They look good to everybody else. How do they not look good to you? How are you missing that? Those last three pitches were great pitches. You called them balls. Like, are you, are you okay? If I approach it like that, he'll, he'll get defensive. But if I approach it from the standpoint of, hey, my pitcher's obviously not catching the plate here. Like, where is he missing? Now, if he said, uh, he's got to bring him up a little bit. He's got to bring him down a little bit. He's got whatever he says, right? Okay, great. Okay, Blue, I, I will talk to him. We'll, we'll, we'll bring him in a little bit or we'll bring him up, whatever. And then I go back to my pitcher and say, all right, look, 
this guy's strike zone is this, and you have to work with the strike zone he's, that he has. And here's the other thing. I have never been in a game where I have seen someone argue with an umpire, berate an umpire, yell at an umpire, and automatically transform that umpire into a good one. Never. I've never. I've never seen a guy with a terrible strike zone get yelled at, berated, chewed out, or, or barked from the stands, and all of a sudden he, he, he finds the strike zone. He starts calling good pitches. Never. Never. It never works. Now, like I said in the beginning, I believe when an umpire knows that you, your players, and your fans are going to treat him with respect, it's the cop, right, who pulls you over. You treat him with respect, you're going to get respect back. It, you know, it's just kind of the way of the world. So we, we also used to see Greg Maddox get pitches, right? When the overhead camera of home plate of Greg Maddox, you'd see him get pitches that were five, six inches off home plate. Now, some of that was his ability to move the ball, but also a lot of that was consistency and he was respectful of umpires and, and so on and so forth. So you tend to get calls. You tend to get calls when you're working with an umpire. Um, so it, it, now let me tackle this because I, I can hear this being said too. I can hear this in, in my email box. There are bad umpires. No doubt about it. There are bad umpires. There are umpires who don't have a good concept of the plate. There are umpires who don't understand how to line up properly behind a catcher. There are umpires who don't get in the right position to make a call. Um, believe me, I worked for Yogi Berra for, for, for 15 years, last 15 years of his life, and Jackie Robinson was out, right? And if you look at the pictures of Jackie Robinson, the slide at home plate, the umpire was like standing like four feet back of Yogi. He wasn't even, I don't even know that he could see, right? So there are, there are bad umpires. No doubt about it. And there are umpires that just make mistakes because they're human. So there was a few years ago, kid had a perfect game. And um, I think it was for the White Sox. And it was ground ball to the first baseman. He went over and he covered the bag. And he, I mean, he got the guy by like a foot. And the umpire called him safe on the last out of a perfect game. And I mean, this was a big miss. It was a big miss. And umpires at the major league level are as good as it gets, but they are still human. Let me also remind you that most umpires, you know, are not making a ton of money. A lot of umpires are volunteering or they're making like 30 bucks a game, 35 bucks a game. This is not like righteous bucks, man. So, you know, and, and umpires on the amateur level are not nearly as good as umpires on the professional level. Not near, like it's not even in the same realm. But the guys on that level make mistakes too. I will never forget, I umpired two games in my life. Um, and one I did behind the plate. That was okay. Um, wasn't too bad because it was a little kid's game. So there wasn't really a lot to call. But um, the second one I was in the field. And... It was the last last game I ever umpired. There was a play at second base, and I'm watching the throw come in. I'm watching the kid run. I'm watching like I'm watching this whole play just develop perfectly. This kid makes a great throw to um, the shortstop covering the bag, and like he's got the ball, and the kid is sliding in. Like it was just like the perfectly timed. They threw out you know like a th throwing out a runner, and the shortstop just did not get the tag down. He just didn't. And it was like obvious he didn't. Like it was like 
he just caught it, and I don't know why he didn't, but he just, he just didn't get the tag down. The kid slid under, and it was just very clear. But as the play was developing, I start, like, winding up. Like, I start, like, winding up my punch out, and I had turned the keys, man. And <laughs> all of a sudden, I punched the kid out, and he was safe. And it was like, well, I punched him out, and that runner looked up at me, and I will never forget the look on that kid's face because he looked at me like, are, are you blind? And um, so I, I'm not blind, <laughs> but I, again, it was just some, it's really hard in the moment. And, and that to me gave me appreciation. That changed for me um, how I spoke and dealt with umpires like forever because I just realized just how difficult it was. So let's recap. Number one, it starts at the top and it starts early. Um, the coach has to be the model for how a team interacts with the umpire. A team includes the parents and the fans as well. Um, parents lay the, lay the groundwork very early that pa no parent is ever to speak to an umpire in, for any reason, for any reason. And the first parent that does, you can give your word of warning and then next you issue the penalty. You have to make an example out of the first parent that steps out of line. And then also too, just to backtrack, explain to the parents, like use the example I gave of getting pulled over. Like, hey, look, the better we are to umpires, the better they're going to be to us, right? Um, number three is no player talks to an umpire unless an umpire speaks to him. And um, if there's an issue with a call on the field, balls and strikes or out and say, fair foul, then he, the, your players are to bring that to you, the coach, um, to be dealt with. And then the coach will deal with the players. Finally, coach, you are the model. You are going to set the standard. You can never violate that standard because if you violate it and you lose control, well, you might as well throw everything out. Nobody will follow that. So, and also too, umpires are human and they make mistakes. And yes, there are some people who shouldn't be umpiring. Um, but again, they're usually there because they love the game and, and they're doing the best they can as, as we all are as players, coaches, and parents as well. So that wraps it up for today. Uh, head on over to baseballdadshow.com. All the stuff we talked about earlier was linked over there. And guys, thank you so much for watching. If you do have any questions, send them in to us. We love getting the questions. We love answering them on the, those mini podcasts that we do in between these weekly podcasts. So hope everybody has a great week. Thank you so much for listening. Love you guys. And I'll see you next week. Hey, it's Paul Reddick. Thanks so much for listening to the show. I really appreciate it. I wanted to let you know I have a new book out specifically for baseball dads, and I would love for you to check it out. You can go to baseballdadsbook.com. All the information is there and a pretty good discount for our podcast listeners. So again, it's baseballdadsbook.com. Thanks.